Today's daf is Maseches Bavakama daf Tzadi Kei. The Gemara Namar Aleph comments on the Mishnah's case of a person who stole a pregnant cow, which gave birth, or a ewe, which is a type of donkey type of animal that was stolen, and it was shaved. The hair was shaved off. That was taken for the hair. So the thief pays for the value of a ewe ready to have its hair cut. So that's what we calculated based on at that stage of where it would be which obviously has a certain value because of the wool that's on the that can be sheared off. A parallel brighta is then quoted, but here we learn that Rabbi Meir holds, so the brighta basically says the same case, and quotes Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir holds that payment is for the animal and for its sheared wool. The Gemara then goes on a discussion trying to understand the logic of Rabbi Meir. So all kinds of different proofs back and forth, and proves that Rabbi Meir holds Shinui Kona. This is the goal of this Gemara, to get us to prove this point, Shinukona means that a change in the item in which a person has now is going to actually cause them to become the owner of that item. When a person makes that change, the ownership is affected through the change. And that's from the halacha of a, a dyer, a person who takes puts colors into uh, wool, and he dyes this wool of a person, without asking permission. So Rabbi Meir held, in this case, the dyer gives back just the value of the wool. The person says, I didn't ask you. Like, okay, I'm going to pay you the value of the wool without the appreciation value, because now it has perhaps could be sold for more money because it has a color in it. So we see from here that the dyer acquired the wool via a shinui, a change, and the improvement occurred when he was already the owner of the wool. So Rashi's words are, Lav gazlanu, lav chotahu. He's not a thief, and he's not a sinner. Dahashogeku. He unintentionally did this. He didn't ask permission. But we don't look at this person as a thief, and we don't look at this person as a sinner. Therefore, Abi Meir didn't penalize him to pay the extra as we would do with a regular case of a gazlan, of a thief. The Ramban explains when the item undergoes a change, there's no longer a mitzvah of hashavat avidah, of returning that item. And thereby, the gazlan, this person who, who stole it, acquires it. What about shinoi kone in context other than robbery and theft? Is there such a thing that a person who an item is changed in its nature, uh, physical nature of what it is, does that apply, let's say, in a case of borrowing? A person borrows something and then makes a change to it. Would the change cause a person to become the owner over it? So Shulchan Aruch and Choshe Mishvan, Sadik Vav, Siv Chav holds that a lender may not repossess the garments of a borrower's wife or ch- wife, uh, borrower's wife or children, or if they were colored but not worn. So the Sma explains the rationale is with garments the borrower purchased for himself and then changed his mind, decided to give them to his wife or children, and they acquire them when they are died for their sake. So we seem, according to the Sma, the way the Sma is understanding the Shulchan Aruch, there is such a scenario where Shinui Kona, even outside of the realm of theft. The Ketzos HaChoshen, however, disagrees. We don't say Shinui Kona outside of the case of theft, but not when a man gives, but the case of the Shulchan Aruch is when a man gives his garment to, to his wife, that's not the case. We don't say that when a wife gives a garment to his wife or children and then dies that garment. And therefore, what was the case of the Shulchan Aruch? The Shulchan Aruch says that the case of the Shulchan Aruch was where the garment belongs to the borrower's wife or children, but the dye belongs to the borrower. And therefore, we have that question about ownership being transferred when that clothing is is died. Many, many posts can quote the Psaka, the Chok Yaakov, and Archaim Simon Tafchaf, 
Tavchet, Sivkat and Dalad, where a Jew gave grain to a Gentile before Pesach to grind, and the Gentile didn't get around to it until day seven of Pesach. He decided to do this Jewish guy a favor. He baked, not only ground the flour, but then he went ahead and baked him a piece of bread, a loaf of bread, delivering it to him right when Pesach came to an end. Here's your chametz, you can enjoy it right after Pesach. First glance, he can't do that because it was made from the grain of a Jew. Nechok Yaakov permitted it, however. He said the bread is fine, as when the Gentile ground up that grain, he ground it up into flour before it became chametz. Now it's flour, and at that point, he's changed the status of that grain because he damaged the Jew's property. He made dough from it, and now that dough that he's making is from flour that he is now the owner of. And therefore, since he became the owner of it through what he did to the grain, that bread that he baked afterward would be permissible for the Jewish person to eat it after Pesach.